Welcome to the Tim Fowler Show, where production is paramount and we discuss the tools, time, and people associated with getting jobs done and making a profit. On today's episode of the Tim Fowler Show, we will be talking about dealing with the runs with the help of special guest Joe Betts of Baraski Builders in Springfield, Illinois. Alongside Tim Fowler, I'm your co-host Steve Wheeler. Here is the Tim Fowler Show. Hey everyone, Tim Fowler here and welcome back to another episode of the Tim Fowler Show. Love to encourage you to keep your ideas coming in. Let me know at Tim at RemodelersAdvantage.com if you've got some ideas. We are still looking for a trade contractor that you would recommend that works well with remodelers or builders just to get some ideas about how that relationship can continue to improve. And we did get a request from a, a carpenter in the middle in central Ohio that um, has come to our business from another uh, profession. And uh, he's in his mid forties or so. And he said, hey, do you, do you know anybody that has some discussion about how to train somebody who's coming from another industry? And so if you have any ideas on that, please let me know and I'd love to get them on. All right, so today we're talking about the runs. And when most of us think about the runs, we think of two different things. Obviously, there's that bodily function, not good at all. And then, of course, are the runs from the job site to the store to pick up $10 worth of stuff. Now, both scenarios are bad, but today we're going to be focusing on the job site runs because, honestly, I can't help you with the other kind. So uh, we're going to talk about job site runs. Now, for about 20 years, I've been traveling around the country talking to business owners and their staffs about managing production. And it's an almost certainty that when in talking with the owner, they're going to ask me, hey, can you help me do something about these lumberyard runs or some places Home Depot runs or Lowe's runs or however you want to term it? So when I'm working with a company on site, I usually have the bookkeeper pull out a tally of how many trips are made in a one month period. We do all the math, multiply by 12, multiply by two for lost production time, multiply by the cost per hour to the company. And in most cases, we end up with about a two to 3% uh, loss of money from a company based on uh, the numbers. And so, Typically, it's around two or three percent. So, for a three million dollar company, that's somewhere between sixty and ninety thousand dollars. Which I don't know where you live, but that's a lot of money in my world. And so, uh, I, I think it's important. Now, what you need to know is that I have been to a couple of places where it's been as high as seven and a half percent. So, if they were even shooting for ten percent, they were already down in the low uh, three to two uh, percent. So. Some companies, you know, they work at this for a little while, then they just give up because it, it takes some work. It takes some real doing to get this uh, done. Uh, the good news is that some work at it and it succeeds. They can get those runs down to a minimum. So uh, today's guest uh, 
has been a listener for a while. In fact, uh, he called me up one day and said, hey, I heard you say that you you know, do consulting on site and I'd love to have you come. So let me just put that little plug in there that uh, I don't do it a lot. So maybe you'll give me a, a little bit of break here. But if you are interested in me coming, I am traveling and I will come and, and give you a little bit of help. But I know one of the things we talked about while I was on site with them were these lumber yard runs. And so I was delighted uh, a couple of weeks ago to get an email from Joe saying, hey, we made some progress. So we, I said, like I always do, hey, I got to have them on the podcast. So here we are. So Steve, let's go ahead and get started. All right. So uh, Joe Betts started with Baraski Builders as a carpenter in June of 2009. At the time, he had recently moved back to his hometown from Chicago, Illinois, where he worked as a carpenter in the North Shore of Chicago on architect-driven remodels. He moved his way up from carpenter to foreman to construction manager, managing the production of the development side of the business. The company transitioned from lead carpenter model to the production manager model. Upon this transition, Joe became production manager of the company. The company currently has 23 employees, four on the development side, three project managers, 14 carpenters, an accountant, and a a receptionist. They have been named the local area best home builder and remodeler almost every year since Joe has been employed with the company. Welcome to the show, Joe. How are you guys? Hey, it's great to have you on. You know, again, I'm I'm all excited about this because it's it's a... a real challenge for people everywhere. I mean, everybody that listens to this podcast is going to go like, I can identify with with that challenge. So just be a, elaborate a little bit more on what the company does. You, you do new homes and you do remodeling? Um, well, we started in 1982. Um, Frank and Barb started the business out of their house. We do uh, we grew from that, from repairs and remodels and new construction to, base, we, we currently are a full-service residential and light commercial company. We, uh, from design build of new construction and remodeling, architect driven new construction and remodeling projects, kitchen and bath remodeling, handyman services with our maintenance and repair division, as well as our development side where we develop an entire community of 55 and older homes. Um, Currently, as we speak, we have three premier new construction homes in progress. We have one, what I like to consider a normal New construction home in progress, a, you know, a $350,000 new construction home, um, 23 remodel projects, and we do about 30 to 40 M&R jobs a month. And that's been pretty steady for us over the last 10 years. Very- uh, okay, cool. So let's just start from like a year ago. I have already indicated I came to visit, uh, which is really not important to the conversation. I just like saying it. So- <laughs> Uh, but a year ago, what was the situation with your lumberyard runs, the, the leaving the job site, going and picking up stuff? Um, lots and lots of trips um, yeah. just to get materials. A year ago, we were averaging about six trips a day as a company just to go get materials. And if I pull up the data, which I have it pulled up right now, we, uh, we had a guy make 22 trips. A year ago, we had another guy make 23 trips that month. Um, that's just that's once a day for two guys. We had 16 carpenters in the field a year ago. I was one of them. I still had my bags on about 50% of the time. 
And I went eight times that month. <laughs> and we thought that was acceptable. It really <laughs> wasn't a good situation. All right. So I suppose if you add all those numbers up, it gets to be a pretty big number. I, I actually went back in my information and tried to see if I could find that number. But what were you trying to do back then to reduce this? You mentioned you went eight times in a month and you went kind of like, wow, that's great. But what, I mean, were you doing anything or had you pretty much just given up? Uh, we, t- we, we talked about it a lot. Um, you know, it would come up in our monthly shop meetings, but really, you know, it was always in the back of our minds, but we didn't bring it to the forefront. Um, we never, we never as a company really hyper-focused on the situation. Um, data wasn't really involved in it. That's where I really started was with the data. Without that hard data, especially men, they think it's not that crucial. You know, what's a trip to Lowe's really cost? Right. They, right. they, they can't see the overall cost to the company. You know, it's too micro of a scale. So you have to look at that macro of all of that data. And where I, when I started to collect the data and went back over a year to really get a good overview of our company, uh, things started to become pretty clear. We could so see you our- actually, so you actually went back a year and started counting up receipts and and looking at, and so you created a year's worth of data that you could then look at and share with the team. Correct. Actually, I went back sixteen months. That was I wanted to get a good overview because if you just take a snippet of each month, you know, you could have highs and you could have lows. So you really need to get that snapshot of the company and what our trends are. And if you keep track of things, that data is pretty available. And so for us, it was, you know, it took some work, but I thought it was crucial to have hard data for us. All right. So I just want to kind of, talk a little bit about that shop meeting where you might bring it up. And I, I use the example all the time of, of just like somebody saying, okay, we're going to talk about lumberyard runs and everybody in the room, except the person talking goes into shutdown modes. Like, yeah, we've talked about this a hundred times already. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. I can see that. All right. So a year ago, you've got the data you uh, you say, I mean, what, I mean, what instituted for you the need for change? It was just, what drove that? Well, I mean, this is a, this is, this is a business that's on margins. You know, that's, that's our business is, is we want to keep as much of that money that we charge to do our project as possible. And so you, you, you can't, you can't keep overcharging and, and billing more or raising your rates, not overcharging. So right. you can't keep raising your rates to meet margins. So, so at the end of the day, I, I had to figure out what's costing us money on a job. And it boils down to, we have a group of guys, our four, current 14 carpenters in the field and their job is to produce work and we want them on the job producing work as much as possible. Yeah. So when they're away from the job, they're not producing work. They're not bringing that revenue in. 
So in order to actually have meet our goals, we need to keep them producing work as much as possible. Yep. All right. So let's talk about what you were able to do. So you, you sent me an email that said, Hey, this is what's happened. And I think the time period was over the last three months. Correct. And so let's just start right there. Give us the data that you shared with me uh, over the last three months. Um, if you want, th- these are some of the numbers that I like to look at. Um, this is where, you know, collecting and analyzing that data is super important, at least on my end. Um, over the last, prior to this three months, we averaged about 9% of our labor hours to material runs. So we're a company that averages about 2,400 billable hours a month. Of those 2,400, 9% of it were spent getting material. So 216 hours every month average is what our average was to go get material. And that's an entirely, that's another guy. Yeah. And we all know how hard it is to keep labor and get labor and skilled craftsmen in this industry. And right there was, you know, really an eye-opening point for me that here we were spending 200 plus hours a month just getting material when we need help. We constantly have that looking for carpenters. Well, there's a guy in our business already. We need to stop going to get material. That That's an absolutely incredible insight. Never, again, I've thought about this a lot and that's an insight that I, I'm going to share with a lot of folks. So that's really cool. That's really good. And, and, you know, over the last three months, we went from 9% when we went, after I compiled all the data, we went from 9%. The first month that we started after I shared this data with our entire, I shared all the data with the entire company. So everybody knows what it costs us. We went from 5% the first month to 4.22% the second month. And this month, we, we were down to 2.84%. 2.84% of our labor hours was spent procuring material as opposed to 9% three months ago. And to me, that's a huge win. Yes, indeed. So that's a 6% change yes. uh, from, of, of all the, uh, it's actually, if you go from nine to, to three, that's like a 66% change of the original percentage, but that's, that's incredible. Yeah. Um, the, the other number I like to look at in particular is, is, and I got this from, I think it was episode five of your podcast, was look at, the, look at how much it costs us as a company, lost production, and your time spent to get it, the material, and equate it to the amount of dollars sold. Yeah. So, you know, at the time when we were doing, when, when I started compiling the data, we were spending a little over $15,000 a month just to get material. Now, if, if, if your company, if your company makes 10% margin, you know, that's $150,000 worth of sales a month, 1.8 million a year. And I think everybody would agree if we were all on 10% margins, we wouldn't worry about these things. <laughs> so what I found is it's, it's, it's super important to be able to get that macro view on things in order to see, see where margins can be raised and, and, as the production manager, I have that ability to step away from the trenches. You know, my project managers are in the day-to-day. I have to separate myself and really get that balcony view. 
um, in order to look for our inefficiencies. And, and when you look at any business, we all have fixed costs. We, we all know what it takes to operate. Um, we've been in business long enough to know what our data is. Um, so with these fixed costs, you know, overhead, office, vehicles, benefits, building, historically pretty steady labor cost over the year, everything associated with operating on a monthly basis, we need to produce more work. That's, that's really the important side of it. So we need to produce more work with the same labor costs in order to raise margins. And in, in order to do that, I felt like the material runs were really the lowest hanging fruit there are. Right. That, that's really, that's one that can be really hyper-focused on as a company and, and, and boost everything else by cutting back on it. So did you, I mean, I don't know if you have a way to measure this or not, but did you actually see any like increase in efficiency on the job site other than the fact that the, that more people were able to be there longer and, and get something done? Did you see any kind of an increase in efficiencies? We, I have, I'm still working on how I want to, uh, actually track that in, a, right. in an efficient manner. Um, there's no doubt we're producing more work at a faster pace and we're not losing quality. Um, right. that's, that's a key. I think you can't sacrifice your brand for, for right. profits. Um, I'm still compiling data and, and, and looking how I want to track it. Um, you can't just look at the labor hours on a job this go around because, you know, a, a, a small job or a similar job historically might be at this labor hours and we beat it by such and such. That's really small potatoes in it. Um, the goal is to produce more work and okay. a higher volume with the same fixed costs. And, and that's what I'm working on compiling right now to see where are we in correlation with this. So in, in big, broad numbers, we're saying we did 3 million last year and it cost us this much in labor or production costs of labor. If we can do 3.5 million next year and the same amount of labor, that's, that is a great, another great concept, another great way to look at this, because that would definitely be a measure of efficiency. Yes, that yeah. is, that, is, and, and it's, it's, it's so early right now, like I can track material runs on a, on a daily basis. Yeah. But the, but the overall start of, okay, we started this job and we finished this job. We have so many going on. It's, it's almost going to have to be a quarterly way for me to be able to track our efficiencies. It's, it's, it, yeah. it doesn't come overnight. Are you worried about the future of your business? Are you stuck and unsure about what step to take next? Do you have any doubts about your ability to lead through this crisis? Whether it's business, finance, or production, we have the experienced professional coaches standing by to help you and your team battle through these uncertain times. To learn more about our coaching program and to schedule a free 15-minute consultation with our head coach, Doug Howard, visit remodelercoach.com today. Now back to the show.
That is so cool. All right. So let's get to the meat of this thing and talk about how you did it. So you had mentioned in our communication before we're, we got on the recording here, you, you, I wrote down three things that you mentioned. Uh, and, and I'm just going to tell you what I got. And then you can add some other things if you want. The, just basically understanding the numbers. I had right, written down seeing the staggering number, planning or preparation for jobs, and then something about a mini hardware store. So if you, if you would comment on those three things, and then if there's any others that you say like, yeah, this is what we did to actually make this happen. Well, I guess one thing I think what we did was a culture change, first off. Um, by moving to the, the PM model and production model, PM, production manager model in our development side and separating those two, we've really focused on our PMs really being servant leaders and getting those jobs ready for the carpenters and showing their value that we want them producing work, being what they're good at as carpenters and craftsmen, not going to get materials. So allowing them that 100% opportunity to do that, I think has changed, you know, it's, it's part of morale, but it's also changed how we look at a job. Um, The staggering numbers. Joe, are you saying that, that basically you tasked those project managers with getting that job ready in a way that would eliminate the need for anybody to run off from the store and pick materials up? Correct. That's the idea. Okay. Correct. Cool. All right. And if, if that opportunity arises, you know, our PMs are going to make daily site visits. Right. There's no reason that if, if something comes up, we don't need it instantaneously in our industry. They could have it the next day. Right. So there's no reason for that to come up where, all right, I got to go get this material. When, when our PMs are already making that site visit, let alone the lumber yards will get to us. It's just changing the idea of, I need to go get this to keep the job moving. The right. job, we're driving the job instead of being on the hamster wheel playing catch up. Right. That's, that's the big change. Um, you know, the staggering numbers, the, the, the biggest one was the nine to 2.8 to me. That's the, and once, once you, convey that information to your team that we spent 10% of our labor on getting materials. Yeah. People realize, wait a second. Oh, as a company, as a whole, that is, that is a huge number. And so let's. Very curious. What is the reaction to that? I mean, at, at, at first, you know, it was the, there's no way. Because everybody looks at just themselves. I didn't go this much, you know, it's, but it's, it's when you collectively bring everybody together and you say, okay, this is the reason guys like, okay, you might've went six times, but this guy went 22 times and, and you might've went six times last month, but the next month you went 20 times. It's, it's having all of that yearly data that you really can, this is a, this is a problem for us and let's, let's rip the bandaid off and let's fix it guys. That's, that's yeah. the thing. It's, and it's not, 
it's not pointing fingers like because I have my dad in there too. And so yeah. <laughs> we all failed at this. Let's yeah. and that's what I was gonna ask because there's so many tentacles to the lumber run thing. It goes to estimating, it goes to planning, it goes to the whole thing. Right. That, that culminates at this daily practice of running to grab materials. And when I had my business, it was just just seemed like something you did. <laughs> when you you know, and um until I met Tim. You know, just <laughs> no, but, um, you know, I could see at the very beginning where it goes, well, we didn't get a good package handed off, you know, where it just starts. But the, the cultural change, I think, love to hear more. Yeah, well, that's that, you know, the, the planning, you know, we, it's it's not it's not an easy task for us. We do about 500 jobs a year as a company. You know, so, so to make sure everything is in order. And this year has been especially difficult where short lead items are very long lead items sometimes. Right. You know, for instance, a new construction house, Mastic Siding is 14 weeks out in our area right now. So in order to, ju- to, to, to plan accordingly and get everything in place is, is not a difficult manner, but when you can hyper-focus as a company and, and change, okay, we don't want to do these runs anymore. We need to stay on the job producing work. That changes everybody's mindset. It, 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 bringing that data and bringing that information into everybody's eyes too and sharing it really allows that change to happen. Um, and the yeah. other bit, go on. No, I was just going to ask about the mini hardware store. I, I'm just, I'm just <laughs> waiting to hear what that's about. Um, it's something that's really helped us. Um, you know, w- once I started compiling my data, you can you can start to see our trends, and that's that's the big thing. Is okay, we've got trends. What do we go do as a company? And from there, I spoke with uh, with Lowe's, our local Lowe's store, um, and a, and they do this a lot for rental complexes and property managers, but is they can, they can bring you in all this product and then set it up in your store or in your, in your office, your shop. Well, we took that and really expanded on it. We got our lumber yards involved. We've got um, every place that we do business with really involved in it where we have a room now with, I'm not sure the, the actual number of, individual items. Um, you know, it's, it's a couple hundred in there of, of items that we as a company will purchase on a daily basis, weekly basis. And we set up a system to where we have this mini hardware store with, for example, every fastener you could imagine is in this store. There is not a fastener out there that isn't in the store. And that's just one example. Um, where when you pull something from that store, you know, it gets billed directly to the proper job and goes through the proper person in our company. You know, Ashley is our point of contact, like our in charge of that part of our, of our business. So anything that needs to be added to the store goes through her. Any purchase from the store goes through her. She has the store, you know, store in quotations, uh, restocked every Thursday. 
And with daily site visits from our PMs, any last minute item that would come up is almost always on, on premises of our shop and easily accessible so that run is not necessary anymore. So let me, let me just clarify a little bit here. So um, are you paying for all of this when it's brought to your shop? And so, you, and so you actually have active inventory is really what we're talking about. And I'm assuming you have some kind of an inventory tracking system. Correct. That, that keeps track of this for you. Correct. You know, right now, currently we're just using an Excel spreadsheet to, to, okay. to, to track it. But that's it. You know, us as a company, we had that working capital to put thousands and thousands of dollars into this system that right. keeps this, this inventory in stock at all times. And as it gets pulled out, then it gets built to the job. And right. then it, it, it's a small investment in the beginning that has paid dividends in the long run. That's, yeah. that's the important part of it. Now, Ashley, right? Ashley's the person. So Correct. is that all she does or does she have other functions? Oh, no. She, she's also a project manager for the, for the maintenance and repair side. Okay. And, she, and she's also in the development side with the remodel. Okay. Um, that's just one of her duties in our, in our business. Okay. Wow. That's really cool. It's pretty awesome. I've never yeah. heard of that. I've never heard of the the mini yeah. store concept. Yeah, and it 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 does get to the point. Like I've I've tried to get companies. I mean, a, a little, one of my little sayings is, "You don't get kissed unless you ask." And this is a great example of, you know, a lumberyard will will help you if you ask them. They'll do all kinds of things, especially to keep your business if you have any volume at all. And this example with Lowe's is just a great example of how. This is what they do regularly. It's just we don't realize it. We don't we don't think of these things, and so therefore we don't we don't believe it's possible until we hear something like this on the on a podcast or some other you know avenue. So anything else about that little store that maybe uh, we, I cut you off there talking about you know some other things, but I didn't know if you were if you had anything else on that. Um, we get, we get week, we get every Thursday, it gets restocked with anything that's missing. Okay. So any items that get, that get pulled out Friday through, through Wednesday, get restocked on Thursday. Our lumber yards are also involved in that. They deliver to us and restock the room as well with items. Wow. So, so that is, that is the big part is we set up this system that you pull material out, it goes through our system and then it gets restocked automatically and we try to keep on average about 10 pieces of each item in that room at all times okay so there's so you can never run out you know occasionally a big job might come through where we'll pull out an entire case of zip of zip tape or flashing tape and right. but typically if it's that size of job we're getting that delivered from the lumber yard straight to it anyway so that's the key is always having quantities on hand and having a system set up that restocks it on a weekly basis and, and don't lose track of that. All right. So I, I know uh, from visiting uh, that 
some of the gang that you have are, are, you know, been around for a little while and, and maybe, you know, the old saying, you know, you can't teach an old dog new tricks. So I'm just wondering, I mean, other than impressing on them with the dollar volume and things like that, what did you do to kind of get some of us curmudgeons, you know, involved in, in making this work? Well, showed them the importance of it, showed them the importance of how much that affects really the bottom line. Um, you know, everybody wants raises. And so if margins go up and we can do this as a company, what comes with it, obviously. Um, the other side of it is, is when you're a team, I've noticed is everybody's involved in it. Nobody wants to be that weak link either. So having that data and everybody knows who's going to the store, we all sort of hold each other accountable. You know, that's the big one is, hey, why'd you go there so much? And it's not just me asking that question. It's not just the project managers asking that question. It's also the guys in the field asking that question. You don't need, let's plan this job accordingly. If we're missing something, let's, everybody's involved. And when you get everybody involved, everybody seems to really focus on it and do their job. Yeah. We're all, we're all still susceptible to peer pressure in some form. You know, we, it, it didn't end when we were teenagers. So, uh, so I guess as we're, as we're starting to wrap this up, Joe, this has been incredible. I hope the listeners really appreciate uh, this information, but I'm just kind of curious on what your thoughts are on getting down to 0%. Do you, do you, do you ever foresee that as a realistic goal within your company? Um, for us, I think it's impossible. Um, okay. You know, we, especially with our M&R side of business, you know, some. some that's, of the, ma that's maintenance and repair. Okay. Correct. Our, our, our maintenance and repair handyman services side, yeah. you know, there's days where they do four to five jobs a day. Yeah. Each guy in that department will. Um, so I set the original goal of cutting it 50% in three months. And, and we went from six to three and on average, or the original goal was six to three and we went from six to 1.8 trips per day. So I think we've exceeded obviously my expectations, Yep. but my long-term goal was to get below one a day. I think if we can get below one trip per day as a company, that is really the sweet spot for a business of our size. You know, that's, okay. that's the realistic goal that I have set for our long-term 12 month goal. So does, does everybody know that goal? Yes and no. Okay. <laughs> I haven't communicated the full out long-term goal. I told them it wouldn't stop. The three month goal was, was here, but right. overall, you know, I think we can get to the one trip per day average as a company. If there's some things that us as the production team, the managing side of the production team have to put in place in order. It can't, it's not all on the, the carpenters at this stage. Now it's moved into, really focusing on job planning and job prep. Yeah. I'm, I'm so glad to hear you say that because I think sometimes uh, it's taken out 
almost entirely on the carpenters and the job site people and very often the managers and owners of companies don't look at themselves long enough to say, hey, we're the one that's uh, creating these problems. And that just creates that, you know, us against them kind of thing. And so uh, way, way to go for seeing that. I think that's a big deal, you know. Yeah. Well, Joe, thank you so much for sharing all this information with us. I'm kind of I'm kind of going to go into my computer here and make a little note that says June 2021, get Joe back on and let's see how we're doing with getting to that one trip per day. And, uh, you know, because I think, you know, it, it's sort of that, like the first part's pretty, you know, low hanging fruit, but as you get closer to that one, it becomes higher hanging fruit <laughs> to, to make that happen. So, let me just say thank you so much. And uh, this has been great information. Thank Thanks you. so much, Joe. Take care. Thank Take you. Care. So Tim, uh, I mean, we're just continuing to solve problems here and this one is a huge one. And you're one of the first people I ever heard really banging the drum on this. And uh, wow, this is some fantastic info from Joe. And maybe yeah, from your perspective. I, I love the way he's looking at it. You know, yeah. I, I typically yeah. have taken that how many trips per month and then all right, what are we going to cut it down to? But looking at it as a percentage of labor and then dare I say a brand new thought to me was this idea that at 216 hours a month, we could have had one more person working on site, right? Because in theory, that's only 160 hours, right? Yeah. So it's an hour, it's, you know, it's, it's five weeks of labor for every month that they were spending going to the lumber yard, which is, I think, a better way to look at it, especially during this, um, you know, labor crisis that we have and the inability to find, you know, good help. Yeah. Yeah. I, I just, I do love the way they just reframed, like you just said, with the percentages of the way they're looking at it. Yeah. Yeah, so there was a couple of little things in there that, that again, the culture change, I think that's honestly oh, yeah. one of the big, big shifts. Instead of just saying, you have to do this, there's a shift in the culture. And like we kind of hit right there at the very end, part of that shift is managers, you have to do a better job. This isn't just about a carpenter leaving a job site. It's about the managers doing a better job of getting the job ready Yep. or the carpenters on site. And then the other thing that I don't know if, if you caught this or not, but he said, we've shifted from um, the job controls us to we drive the job. And yes. the idea that when they did run out of something, they didn't go like, oh, we got to go to the store. They said, that can wait. We'll, we'll get somebody to bring it tomorrow. Yep. Here's what we're going to do to finish up the day. Yeah. And I know from talking and I know from my own work that that mind shift is is critical yeah. to this working because we are so accustomed to, you know, we're framing a wall and we're one stud short. Oh, better go pick it up. Come back. So the wall's finished today, as opposed to I don't need that stud for three days. Right. Yeah. Because the plumber's not coming until three days. So I can have that ordered brought out and I'll just take care of something else while I'm, I'm, uh, you know, 
uh, still on the job site today. So I think yeah. that's yeah, part of that culture shift. Yeah, it's, it's something to always think about is to have what else can we pivot to if there's a, because I used to do the same thing of, uh, you know, got to do this to finish this one task, but it, it could wait. Uh, the mini store to me was pretty incredible. I didn't yeah. know that was available. And, yeah. um, you know, I think that solves, you know, the, what problems are you trying to solve by eliminate runs? There's a number of them. Right, right. But this one solves the problem where, you know, you have access to the materials yeah. at your place, you know? Yeah. And, and like I said, during the, during the podcast, just, I had no idea that a store that like Lowe's would do something like that for fasteners and so forth like that. But I have advocated all the way along. If you have an idea like that, ask. Yeah. Cause I yeah. think stores, they do want to help you. They do want to help. Nah, they want to make more money, but, but that's okay. They got to help you to make, they more will money. always make the money. <laughs> that's it's right. just a matter. They don't make money off you coming four times. Exactly. Exactly. You know, I've told this story a number of times and we'll, we'll end with this. I was actually working with a company in Berkeley, California, and we did the training at the lumberyard uh, training room. And the owner of the lumberyard was sitting there and I was saying, you know what, you got to stop going to the lumberyard. And this was one of the companies that was at seven and a half percent of their sales was going to the lumberyard. And I, I looked over at the owner of the lumber yard and he raised his hand and I said, yes. And he goes, you know what? I want to sit right here and tell you that it costs us more for you to come pick stuff up than for us to deliver it to you. And I went, hallelujah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, obviously they want you to buy from them, but they, but every one of those little receipts yeah. costs them X dollars. Yeah. And, and if it's only, I'm sure they don't make any money on a $10 receipt. No, no, I'm sure they, they will help you. And, and, you know, to, to wrap up here, but I thought one of the most important things he said was he had a great sense of accountability with himself being included yes. in all of this. Yes. You know, he said there was no finger pointing because I'm a part of the problem too. Right. And I had my own statistics because that is gigantic to me. Well, yeah, that, and you know what? I've never, I've only done a month's worth of stuff, right? Yeah. He went back, what do you say, 16 months yeah. Of, yeah. of data to find out like what really was going on over a long period of time. And, and again, I love Joe, data man, you know, it's like, yeah. That's look at the data, it's like a detective. decisions based on the data. Yeah. Fantastic. Awesome. Well, hey, we definitely want to thank Joe Betts for joining us today. We want to thank all of you for listening to another episode of The Tim Fowler Show. And remember, we're working really, really hard to have guests on here to help us eliminate it is what it is from your vocabulary. This has been another episode of The Tim Fowler Show. Want to hire Tim and fast track your growth? Visit remodelersadvantage.com slash consulting to learn more. And if you'd like more information about Roundtables, our world-class peer advisory program, please send me an email at steve at remodelersadvantage.com. And of course, don't forget to subscribe to the show and comment on iTunes. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week.